Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Today, episode 73, we are going to talk about the importance of connecting to nature. Now, when I chose this topic, immediately what popped up in my mind, and I know this is my critical mind, is nature and business. Oh, what's the connection? That's not that obvious. But um, we're talking about nature and intuition. And I hope by the end of this episode, you will understand how important nature, the outdoors, and even animals are important uh, with regards to our intuition. But I also want to say, uh, as someone who loves the earth and love, uh, loves animals, I'm not a pet person, though, which is seems like a contradiction, but I think you might understand that from my perspective, actually having pets um, doesn't feel natural. And um, I almost prefer for animals to be left in the wild. Um, I know this is a whole debate and I don't want to get into that because I also respect people who are pet owners and, you know, each their own. But I'm trying to explain a little bit where I come from. I also am a person who grew up in a big city. Paris is very big. And unlike London, where I've lived for about a year, there's not as many parks and there's not as much nature within the city. So I spent a lot of my time actually playing on concrete pavements as a kid. <laughs> my parents would let us um, go down. I, I lived in a seven or eight story building. We lived on the fifth floor. Um, well, I, my, my bedroom window actually overlooked another concrete building and in the, uh, at an angle, a cemetery. And actually, funnily enough, my grandmother used to take us, um, instead of taking us to the park when we were little, she would take us to cemeteries for walks. Uh, but that could be a completely different episode. Uh, my grandmother was a, was an eccentric, and um, <laughs> we, we certainly didn't do the typical things with her. So, um, but, 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 I will say that every weekend, we would go with my parents to a cottage we had in Normandy, and we were completely immersed in nature. Um, I loved falling asleep to the sound of my father's lawnmower. And when I was old enough um, to use it, I actually took over this, this part of the maintenance of the house for him. I was the one in charge of making the fire, you know, with the wood, etc., in the fireplace, because the house was quite humid and quite cold. So we needed to um, have quite a few log fires to heat up the house, especially when we came in after a week of the house being in, in occupied. And I think probably my, my my connection to nature comes from these weekends in Normandy and the summers I spent in um, in Bresse, which is the part of France that is um, in between uh, Lyon and, and the Alps. 
um, it's not a region that is very touristy, so uh, it's more, much more, um, you know, people who live there usually have lived there their entire lives. Um, and we had a great connection with the community there as well. So that gives you a little bit of my background. I'm not, I don't have green fingers. I have killed more houseplants that I care to share in this episode. But about a year ago, and that was also mostly because um, I had a client uh, who is a keen gardener and who teaches people how to how to garden. I always had that that desire to get more in touch with nature. And where I live now, actually, um, after my my year in London, I decided to move to Bristol, and now I live actually in a little village, and my house has more um, garden space than my house itself. I, sometimes I, I I say that I live in a park. It's huge. It's almost too big and, and overwhelming, but I'm surrounded by nature, and I'm so grateful for that. What I want you to understand, and I can't prove this, it's more of something that you will experiment and maybe... Um, play with to see how you feel when you're indoors and outdoors already that that can change so much uh, but what I want you to at least open your mind to is the fact that nature holds one of the highest vibrations and um, there's a scientist that actually um, called Jadish Chandra Bose he was I think an Indian man who proved that plants were alive. He invented something called the crescograph, and he was actually made um, a member, hang on a minute, he has some some honors. He was He's a fellow of the Royal Society in 1920. And he proved that plants were alive, that they could suffer, they could, that they slept and that they got excited. So basic emotions, but still emotions, which is um, I think very exciting. Now, there's something um, in the New Age um, world that is quite popular called Kirlian photography. And it's supposed to measure the aura. And this is probably one of the very first experiences I had with energy. Uh, when I was still like a student or, or just finished my studies, um, I had met um, a wonderful girl who came from uh, from Boston uh, when I did my gap year at Canterbury, and she was into all things new age and magic and psychic, etc. And she's the one who kind of opened my mind to all that stuff, because before that, I had been raised by a doctor and a nurse. I came from a family where people almost worshipped the intellect, you know. Um, my grandfather was um, um, an engineer, but not just a regular engineer. He came from one of the most prestigious engineer schools in the country where you had to, to get in was, um, you know, you had to have the best grades. It's a bit like Oxford or Cambridge. Um, <clears throat> most people on my dad's side were either doctors or engineers. Funny enough, there was not that many lawyers. Um, There's only me and one of my cousins. Um, so we were a bit odd, um, but still, you know, to get into law, there's not in France anyway, there's not that um, hurdle to get in because um, uh, universities of laws are open to anyone who wants to get in. But within two years of studies, half the students are gone because it's too hard. So anyway, just to show that um, uh, there was a lot of emphasis on the intellect rather than intuition, uh, but there was also a big love of nature. My dad was um, a big love, uh, nature lover, which is why he had this house in Normandy where he could escape after you know a long week of hard work as, as a surgeon. And he absolutely loved trees. Now, 
it's not difficult to imagine that nature has an extraordinary form of intelligence. You know, plants grow of their own accord. Rivers flow. Ocean uh, foster incredible, um, rich life. There's ecosystems. So I did a little bit of research to talk about all of that. Uh, but these ecosystems and nature seems to have a higher intelligence that connect everything within it. And probably human beings are the only one who disconnect from nature and who think of themselves as separate from their ecosystems. Um, but this is detrimental to us because this connection to the bigger picture, this connection to our ecosystem also enables us to be nourished by it, not just when we put food in our mouths, but also from the energy and from the it's it can I could be almost metaphysical about it. There's something really, really special about it. I had planned to talk to you about the ten ten main ecosystems. So I'm still going to list them so that you understand all the different ones. There's grassland, tropical rainforest, temperate forest, um, Tonga desert, tundra, freshwater, and marine. Marine. I don't know how to pronounce that in English. Uh, I hope you'll forgive me, as you know, or may not know, I'm French, so sometimes I I stumble upon words. And, and all these ecosystems include animal, plants, microorganism, rocks, soil, mineral, and atmosphere, okay? They can go from huge, that spans several countries, to small, only one animal is an ecosystem in itself. They can go from natural to unnatural. So unnatural is what I knew most. It's the urban um, you know, ecosystem that's full of concrete. And sometimes I say as a joke that I'm a concrete flower um, because I grew out of concrete. And it's actually quite mind-blowing how much nature can invade concrete if it wants to. I don't know if you've uh, witnessed that. If you looked at my front patio, you would see there's a lot of weeds that have um, pushed through the concrete. Um, and then there's the natural ecosystem that's more linked to agriculture. It's self-sufficient and it has a high proportion of native biodiversity. Now, in the second part of this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how spending time of nature is good for a lot of reasons, but specifically for your mental health. And <clears throat> it's going to be a lot easier for you to connect your intuition if your mental health is good, right? Because um, intuition and fear, intuition and anxiety are opposite side of the spectrum of, of emotions. And it's very difficult to be intuitive when you're anxious or fearful. So you can see that the role of nature and intuition actually is quite natural. And I don't mean that as a pun. I still find it quite funny. Um, spending time in nature has tons of mental health benefits, but also physical benefits. And I read an article by Mind, which is a, a UK charity that supports people with me their mental health. And they listed all the benefits of um, spending time outdoors in nature. Um, it improves your mood. It reduces your stress and your anger. It relaxes you. It can improve your confidence and your self-esteem. It helps you to be more active and reduces loneliness. You, I suppose you're more likely to meet people when you're outdoors than when you're in your home. Um, but I think if I had to sum it up, it is a great form of an invitation to mindfulness and to 
stilling the mind. It's much more easier to still the mind if you sit on a bench looking out onto a beautiful beach or uh, onto a river or uh, watching the birds than it is if you're in your house or on your phone. So there's several things that you could try in nature. Um, you could try to grow or pick food. You could try to bring nature's indoors. I did that when I lived in Paris. I always had houseplants, which sadly I forgot to water. So um, there was quite a big turnover, <laughs> but I did do that. Um, there's outdoor activities and I'll come that, uh, to that in a minute because the, the mind article really um, inspired me. You could do things to help the environment. I know in our village, uh, it's quite a small village, there's uh, litter pickers and they get together. And after that, I think they go for coffee or something. So it's a social activity. Uh, you could take notice of nature and the seasons. Um, I think that's one of the things that I, um, I really, really love. I was driving back from, um, driving down to pick up my son from the station yesterday and I noticed how some of the leaves on the trees were turning a little bit brown and of course some of it is because we had a drought in the UK and the weather has been very very sunny and dry but some of it is because we're coming to the end of the summer and the air is getting colder like today uh, is forecast 15 degrees um, uh, whereas we've had temperatures up to 30 degrees only a few weeks ago. So I was noticing the trees and the leaves, and um, I've also obviously noticed that the grass has been um, yellow, which is something that is so unusual in the UK. Um, if you live in the UK, you know that, but if you visited the UK, you've probably marveled at the, um, you know, the rolling, the green rolling hills that are so typical of the UK. We, there's none of that at the moment. It's all very, very dry and, and yellow. And some, in some, to some extent, it reminded me of the summers in um, my summers in my childhood because a lot of times we got very, very dry summers, and and the grass was very green, uh, very, very yellow. Um, and also connecting to animals is one very good. Um, it's very good for your mental health, as long as, of course, you're not afraid of animals. In which case, you, it could raise your stresses of your stress levels. But there's ways to get to connect to animals um, through people who are used to looking after animals if you don't have any pets. Um, you know, there's there's equine therapy, apparently, where you can go to um, centers with horses um, to help improve your mental health. So outdoor activities, uh, walks, that's really obvious. I like running in nature. So my favorite places to run, I run all the way through a little... Um, it's a little wood, um, not a very deep one, but there's a little path that grows that that um, you know um, that goes down because I live on the hill, and then the end of my run is in into an orchard. Uh, our local orchard are kind enough to allow people to um, to walk in it. So this is my favorite, one of my favorite places to run. My other favorite place to run is on the Seven Bridge because I get such a, an expanded view on the river and the water and, um, it's just phenomenal. So walking, running, picnics, eating outside. <clears throat> this is such a simple one, but I remember when I was in London, I couldn't do that as much in Paris, although I did it as much as I could. Um, instead of eating in or at your desk, going out and eat uh, in nature. 
I do that in my home. I go and eat my my lunch on the patio. I'm the only one in the house doing it, but I do it systematically. I go out on the and I have a little, um, you know, like a bistro table in my back garden. And I have my meals there every time the weather permits. Uh, I remember when I was in London, I go to the local park and eat my salad on a bench, you know, watching the squirrels. Um, and when I was in Paris, um, the first upgrade I did to my apartment uh, when I got, you know, a decent job. I mean, I had a very decent job to start with. But um, at first I rented an apartment from my parents. And then after we got married with my first husband, we moved to um, East Paris, which is a, uh, an area I'd never lived in. And I had a balcony and I loved that because my balcony literally overlooked trees. And so I had this little bit bistro table, which is the same I have now on the balcony with two little chairs. And I remember my husband never joined me. I, I used to have breakfast there and lunch and dinner whenever I could, because for me, um, there was something really special about eating outdoors. Watching the stars, oh my God, this is something that I've um, always enjoyed so much. And and the thing that's really helped with my mental health, it's a form of meditation for me because it makes me realize how small my problems are. It puts things in perspective and I find it's a beautiful way to let go and connect to something bigger than you. Um, I might or might not have shared before that when I was younger I wanted to be an astronomer I was actually an astronomy instructor camp I forgot everything so don't ask me questions about astronomy at this point but when I was in my teens um, I went into summer camps to study astronomy and then I became one of these instructors and uh, but the, the, the favorite part for me was just to lie on a blanket and look at the stars and just relax I find it so relaxing and one of my favorite activities to do um, is to go to the bath spa for a special pamper day. I'm overdue one, so I'll go soon. And one of the rooms in the bath spa that I love the most, I I don't know if it's called the astronomy room, but it's the um, it's a space room where you're in the dark and you have a NASA um film that um takes you into stars and nebula and uh, galaxies and everything and with, with some relaxing music. And it's my favorite room in the entire bath spa. So um, watching the stars, I really, really encourage. I think it would be an amazing practice as well to connect to your intuition. Um, because there's a way that nature engages all the senses in ways that um, cities and our homes don't, if that makes sense. And there's also the sunlight. That's really important. The sunlight is so important to our well well-being and our mental health. And we don't get as much sunlight in our homes, obviously. There's a study that has shown, though, several studies actually, that being in a green landscape or even just looking out on a green landscape has inc um, increased um, recovery from surgery, has reduced anxiety and depression, and has led to better stress management. So, even if you don't have access to the outdoors, being able to look out onto outdoors. And I would say to some extent, even though it's more limited, having pictures of landscapes in your home would really, really help. Uh, if you have been stressed indoor, going outside can lift your spirits in, in seconds. But for gardening in particular, I want to also say it makes you aware of the miracle of food. 
I want to talk also a little bit about animals before I move on to the indoors and why indoors, being indoors for too long can actually affect your intuition and your mental health. So I want to share with you a, 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 a story about animals, because as I said at the start of this podcast, I'm not actually a pet um, uh, owner. I'm not uh, a pet person. Um, but I've always loved animals and I've always cared about how humans look after animals. And in my own um, personal development with regards to my intuitions, cats have been instrumental in um, helping me understand my intuition. I'm going to share a story about um, a cat that the first cat that actually educated me, so to speak around intuition so that cat was called willow and it was the cat of my second uh, husband to be stepdaughter uh, or daughter she was my stepdaughter sorry and she had a cat that she moved out to uni and the cat was left in the house her dad was feeding the cat um we we hadn't moved in together yet and but we were thinking about it and we needed to make sure that uh, willow would come to the new house if she wanted the problem was there was a little girl in on the road where my uh, ex-husband or husband to be then uh, lived who had been feeding the cat and treating it as her own because of course Willow didn't have her owner um, anymore and she and my ex worked long hours which meant that he wasn't home a lot so he did the basics for Willow he you know he fed her and clean her dirt tray but that was that was about it he didn't have much time to do more so this little girl had gone into the habit of feeding willow and uh, willow spent more and more time with her and i wanted to make sure if she was going to move into our house or my house that she was happy to come to this home and i had just been gifted an animal whispering or pet whispering course and that's could probably be the subject of a complete different podcast episode um, and I was keen to kind of practice. I, I came from the, a, a curious place. I didn't really know if animals could communicate. I didn't even know I could communicate with animals myself. But because I had to do some case studies for the course that I was doing, um, I decided to do a little experiment with Willow. So first I asked my stepdaughter uh, if she was happy for me to do that experiment, and she was. And um, so when she was visiting from uni one um, for Christmas, I remember very well uh, that it was Christmas time. I said to her, look, I'm going to try and um, talk to Willow um, and let her know that if she wants to come down, if she wants to move into my house, um, she needs to be at the corner of, and that was the corner of the, the street or the road where my um, her dad lived uh, and, and a bigger street. So I sent out the message to Willow, if you want to come with us, be there we'll be there in 15 minutes come and, and meet us and I honestly didn't think it would work uh, I was very very skeptical I am a skeptic by nature you know I was raised by um, my, my mother was very skeptical very cynical my dad was religious so I guess I had a bit of both and so um, my stepdaughter and I get in the car we drive all the way to the road where her dad's house was and and Willow is there exactly where I asked her to be so that was stunning in itself because I had gone to see um 
um, my, I'll call him my boyfriend at that point, so many times, and I, I hadn't seen Willow at all. And suddenly Willow was exactly where I asked her to be. So um, my stepdaughter came out of the car and literally Willow, if not jumped in her arms, allowed her to pick uh, her up, even though um, she hadn't been around Willow for a couple of years because she'd been she'd been at uni for a couple of years. She had almost finished her studies, actually. She was in her last year. So, um, and then she picked up Willow. We didn't have a pet carrier, went into the car and um, she just had a little blanket. So Willow was on her lap and and we drove back home. Now, anybody who owns a cat knows that this is almost impossible. You do not tr transport a cat without a pet carrier. I don't know what we were thinking. Obviously, I knew nothing about pets. But the extraordinary thing is not only did Willow sit very um, quietly on her on her lap, she purred all the way. She didn't make any move to go anywhere. And once she was in my home, she was um, she just acted as if it was the most natural thing in the world, whereas she had never been in my house. So Willow taught me so much about intuition because she taught me to trust the fact that I could communicate with her. She she taught me to trust that if I gave her, um, you know, a, a meeting point, um, she would be there if she wanted to come. And I think she spent some. She 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 died maybe two three years after moving to my house, but she had the most happy years because my house is a cat heaven in terms of how much space and trees and everything that's around and lots of birds as well, sadly for the birds. So this is just to illustrate, and I have so many more cat stories that I could tell you, but I'll keep it short and simple for this episode because I like to keep episodes, um, if possible, under half an hour. So I hope this is going to open your mind to the fact that um, there's, there's this oneness with nature and there's this oneness of the mind. You know, I was able to talk to the mind of a cat and the cat was able to understand what I said to, to it and, and to meet me where I said we would be, including the timing. That was just mind blowing. I still haven't unpacked all of it. And it has happened more than 10 years ago, actually, probably more like 15 years ago. Right. So now let's talk about outdoors and uh, we've talked about outdoors. Sorry. Now let's talk about indoors and how indoors can impact your um, your energy and your intuition, because there's a tendency for the energy in houses to be stagnant. Um, so that's why it's so important to open the windows, um, you know, to clean your house, but also to declutter. Um, there's a bit more that can be done if you were in a house that has been particularly, especially if there's a lot of arguing. And uh, sadly, with my ex, there was a lot. So this energy can create thought forms. And this is the reason why you can have an impression when you walk in someone's house, even if no one's there or if nothing's happening special. You can get a gut feeling for what the house feels like or the kind of um relationship people have or um, I'm sure this has happened to you before you enter uh, a building or you enter a room and you have an instant feel about whether you like the space or you don't like it um, that is bound to affect your energy so just be mindful of that you know I used to think that I was moody but it was because I was so sensitive to my environment that I could feel when there was a shift of energy or if there was a person, even one person can enter a room and completely change the energy in the room. I know, for example, when I go to my GP, um, I'm kind of mindful of the fact that the energy is quite low because, of course, there's a lot of 
ill people and the energy is completely different when you enter hospitals it's the same so be mindful of that and, and if you want go back to my episode about energy um you know for my epic framework um i've done that in the early days of um this podcast so let me just check uh, the date uh, of the episode that I did, um, there's, a, there's a tab and you can probably find it um, in the information for this episode. But on my website, theintuitiverevolution.co.uk, there's a tab called podcast and in there everything is listed. So my the episode on energy is episode 26 uh, because energy is part of my framework, my epic framework. So it's quite an important part of what I talk about, what I work with, uh, with my clients. So stagnant energy and thought forms can be quite strong in inside a house. And I've done my share of actually house clearing and even and even um, business office clearings um, that can really help if your business has been stagnant or if you felt stuck. Uh, sometimes it's it's the compound of all that energy that hasn't been cleared. And, and sometimes I, I, I explain to clients how, you know, we shower every day and we don't, um, you know, we don't doubt the fact that it's important to shower because we can see that our bodies smell if we don't shower. Now, there's, there's not many people who don't smell if they don't shower. Uh, but it's the same with your energy. Your energy needs to be cleansed. Nature is a natural cleanser of your energy, especially... Uh, the seaside because there's the um, this uh, the sea um, has the salt in it and salt is an incredible energy cleanser so that's also why it's important to for you to spend some times out in nature um, and um, you know um, in an environment that is more natural I will say about cats as well they seem to absorb a lot of negative energy without suffering from it and you'll probably have noticed if you have pets, especially dogs, that they're very sensitive to things that seem to not be there. Um, you can also see cats staring at things that don't seem to be there at all. So I'm pretty sure that they see, um, you know, spirits. Getting back to the green color, there's studies that have shown that the green, uh, the green color reduces stress, which is why at one point a lot of hospitals had their walls painted green in an effort to kind of lift the mood so generally i hope this episode has shown you how beneficial outdoor um time and contact with nature and animals is to your own intuition but i want to take you back now to your business because this is a business podcast and i'd like you to think about ways that you can be kinder to the environment and kinder to nature within your business so by, you know, using recycled um, objects uh, or, or, or things, or by repairing things more, um, by reading, like there's a, there's a bit of a controversy about electronic books as, if, as, as in opposition to paper books. I don't know which one's the greenest, um, because of course um, <clears throat> your tablet needs charging and it has components and it's been produced in an environment um, that, can be detrimental to the environment actually and nature but uh, look into it uh, look into how much remote work you can do or working from home look at how um, how you can reduce reuse and recycle look at how you can avoid plastic packaging and generally go and calculate your footprint okay this is my invitation for today 
Now, I am finished for today, but I want to almost like announce next week's episodes. Um, this episode's theme has been sort of prompted by my interview with Ingrid. Um, and I'm going to try. Um, um, let's say that Ingrid has created a business called the Alchemy Farm and has a very, very close connection with nature. And I hope you'll enjoy my interview with her when she shares her story of intuition in business and generally what her whole business is about. So thank you for listening to this episode and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.